0: If Infutor or any company I ever work for ends up being perfect, that will be the day that I'll leave. (laughs) Thankfully, this is business, and there's no such thing as a perfect company. So I think there's always going to be something for me to do uh, somewhere.
1: Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. My name is Martin McGovern, and today we have a special guest, Corey Davis, who is the Director of Partnership Development at Infutor Data Solutions, Corey and I are going to be chatting today about finances during a pandemic and how to, you know, reset your career because that's what a lot of folks are doing right now. Corey, thanks for joining us today.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, man. Uh, You were one of our very first guests and I just want to kick this off by saying thank you for uh, one insight in particular um, that you had shared on that first uh, podcast. You had talked about how you know, when we are going out and we're building our career, we really have to rely on ourselves a lot um, in this process. And you talked about how so often we we tend not to take that responsibility in in our careers and in our job search and in everything that we're doing. And uh, you said something in particular, you know, you said you can get anyone's email and anyone's phone number, but mostly email. And you said, if you're not emailing the CEO of the company you want to work for, you're probably not doing the job search right. Maybe you use stronger words than that, but my my point there is that I'm really excited to chat with you today about, um, you know, when what your thoughts are on finances, investing, money, and all these different things when it comes to our careers, and then especially how that maybe is changed a little bit because, or hasn't changed a little bit because of the pandemic. So as we get into it. Um, Corey, I'd love for you to just introduce yourself. Let us know a little bit about your background and what you're working on right now, and then we'll get into, uh, into the topic.
0: Sure. Yeah. Uh, so thank you for having me. Uh, I am the, like you said, sort of the, I'm the Director of Partnership Development uh, at Infutor. So uh, Infutor is a uh, identity business, uh, a data business. And I lead a lot of the work across sort of the strategic business development work that we do with um, both large MarTech and ad tech companies, marketing technology, advertising technology businesses, along with um, some of the, the media ecosystem that we, that we support and help. So I sort of run um, a lot of the customer relationships and prospective customer relationships that we do across that space. i with the company for about four years. Um, and before that, my background is, is digital marketing, uh, web development, design, software as a service, marketing analytics, like kind of all this stuff across marketing and technology, but all predominantly in a in a sales or business development kind of function.
1: Yeah, and and when it comes to sales, I I think that you know you're in such an interesting space. Being, tech, being in the technology space, the data space, there's so much happening with social media right now. There's so much happening with everyone being online now, right? Like our entire existence is on the internet, basically, uh, because we can't really go anywhere. And so um, how have things maybe changed from your perspective um, in light of the pandemic and everything going on from what's happening in the tech world?
0: Yeah, so I think what we've seen uh, for marketing and advertising is uh, certain marketing channels or advertising channels uh, have really have really struggled and suffered. You think of things like uh, billboards. Well, if nobody's driving to work anymore, then that billboard that's on the side of the highway isn't as valuable as it used to be. Um, Whereas other things um, have really accelerated and really are sort of having their moment, uh, e-commerce is an obvious winner. Um, connected TV uh, is a huge winner, uh, and and likely has won. Uh, linear is is massive, uh, and and a lot of the smart players in that space are, are moving quickly because they recognize that the consumer has changed and you know finally cut the cord. Um, but, you know, I think that's the nature of of anything, any sort of black swan event is the sort of the term that I think of around around the, this pandemic is like. Anytime something like this happens, you have massive winners and you have massive, you know, sort of losers, I guess would be the, the term, I guess I would use. The non-PC term, terms. yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think like you know, it's it's a it's a it's a it's a, you know, ultimately it's, it's marketing channels and you as the marketer are trying to decide where you're going to spend your money. Um, and the places that are a good investment continue to get more and more opportunity and, and more dollars flow there. Uh, the places that aren't lose and lose substantially uh, and quickly.
1: Yeah. And that's, and that's really what I wanted to get into in the conversation today, because I think, you know, companies are spending a lot of time right now trying to figure out where to invest their money, right? Do we invest it in social platforms? Do we launch new platforms? What do we do here? And I think a lot of people are trying to figure out, you know, because time is money, where do we invest our time? If you've gone through a layoff, if you've gone through a, a furlough, if something is going on and you're using this pandemic, using this time to make a transition in your career, there's a lot of questions about how do I invest wisely? How do I invest my money? How do I invest my time? How do I invest my career in the right directions? And you know, that's really what I wanted to dig into today, because there's, you know, we can't just kind of go back to whatever we were doing before because so many industries have drastically changed. I I, you know, what pops to mind is like cruise lines or or anything along those lines. They're they're just not. Going to be the same i i was talking with someone who used to who really wants to work in the travel industry and it's really going to be a couple of years before that is a place that they can you know make build a brand in or, or or really put themselves out there and so as you've looked at sort of this recovery or this sort of maybe not recovery but this sort of split that's happening in the economy and in uh the workforce and in different um both economic as well as business arenas. What what sort of things are you seeing?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think um, you know the the, uh, the economists uh, have called it a K shaped recovery, um, both personal and and businesses. That that there are certain businesses that have have really thrived, um, just as there are certain people. Uh, who are, for example, invested in the stock market or things like that, uh, who have done very well in the last 10, 11 months um, and likely continues, just as there are other businesses and other people who have you know, lost their jobs or the business has gone out of business, um, any of those kinds of things. Um, and so they, I think they call it a K-shaped recovery because it's the shape of a K. Um, and that there's sort of this divergence uh, in two directions, uh, substantially up for one and substantially down for the other, um, which is, I mean, to me, it's it's heartbreaking um, and, and sad, uh, but also just sort of the reality of where we are. Um, and so, you know, I think for anybody on either side of that, you just have to sort of calibrate um, where where the world is, where the economy is, uh, where you are in your professional career or whatever, um, and and just make the best of it and and try to move forward uh, as quickly and as effectively as you can.
1: And that's a really big thing that I try to think about with these shows and and with the content that we put out here, because it's you know the the mainstream message is just go go go, right? you know, jump on Clubhouse, jump on TikTok, go build your brand, go do a million different things. And I think, you know, it's it sort of as similar to the in world of investments too, right? It's, you know, jump on Bitcoin, jump on the new thing, jump on whatever the next investment is. And, and it almost feels like because we're so plugged in now, because we're so, we're all, everything is happening right on the screen in front of us. We can't get away from it. Um, it almost feels like there's this relentless, um, just you know the 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 moving sidewalk is just going faster and faster and faster and i think when when i think about it you know there's the long term ways of of pursuing life and the short term ways of pursuing life and our careers and and our finances and everything like that and when when i look at this it it almost is priming us for a lot of short term thinking um so that we're just jumping from lily pad to lily pad without really keeping the the big picture in mind, and I'm kind of curious. You know, you're an invest. You're you know, you, you're an investor. You do a lot of different things in this arena. I'm curious how you start to think about not just you know finances or investing, but careers and even our personal brands with that sort of long term, short term focus.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think um, I think I've been I've been lucky and fortunate that I think I naturally. I've always been of like an uncomfortably long-term thinker. Like I I remember being 16 years old and thinking about being 60 years old,
1: 100 years old.
0: Um, What wait? What images
1: came to head when came to your mind when you were when you were thinking that way?
0: Um, I mean everything. I mean I I think like uh, when I was 16, like I'm I'm 15 years into a 85 year plan. Like it's changed some, but generally like I'm kind of exactly where I thought I would be and should be. Um, you know, some things are different, but, um, but yeah, like I'm, I, I'm roughly right where I'd like to be. Um, and so, you know, some of the characters are different, some of the places are different, some of the whatever. Um but but generally like I, I think I I got lucky, I got fortunate. I was fortunate that I could I could kind of see out into the future, which just helps uh, see very far out in the future not you know, as a 16 year old like who's thinking about being hundred I was. Um, so I think I was I was given that. I got lucky with that. And I've just well, when you say to- lucky,'m I'm,
1: I'm always curious about luck because I find people, people say things are luck. And then I actually analyze their behavior. And a lot of it comes down to ways of thinking ways we were taught, maybe contextual forces around us. I mean, there's, I do believe that there's an element of luck and everything, but there's also an element of strategy. And so I'm kind of curious, you know, when you're 16, what what was going on that made you or that, you know, put those ideas into your head where, where there you know, people around you that were a lot older that you were learning from. Was it just sort of, I want to get out of this place? What were some of the things?
0: I think it was. I think it was for me. It was a an assessment that I I saw things slightly different than pretty much anybody that I was interacting with, um, and so uh, I had to listen. And take things in from those people and learn from those people, um, but ultimately I had to, you know, I had to stay inside my own head a little bit, um, and and go on the path that that I felt was right, um, you know. And for me, you know, it's worked out. Um, you know, that does that certainly does not mean it didn't come with lots of, a lots of uh, of setbacks, a lot of messiness a lot of stress a lot of you know long nights a lot of a million unfun things um but i think that's that's the key to to the long-term thinking is you have to you have to try to balance between like are you crazy and are you full of it um or are you right and nobody else can see it that's the balance is it is it you know, are you really sure that you're going to be good enough to do whatever that thing is that you want to do? Um, even if pretty much everybody else is telling you you probably aren't, um, that's, the, that's the balance that everybody has to go through is, you know, does the rest of the world know better than you do or not?
1: And when you're thinking about, you know, challenging those external voices and, and trying to listen to yourself and move forward, because I, I do think that that's a place where a lot of people are at right now, Right they maybe chose a career, they went down that path for a while, and then they're like, well, you know, I'm furloughed, and uh, everyone said this was going to be the safe path, or I got laid off, and I, I took the safe path for 20 years, and now I have to, you know, figure something else out. I'm just getting tons and tons of messages from people who are like, this is the first time I'm actually having to ask myself these questions of what do I want to do, rather than just getting up and doing what... I, the track I was sort of set out on. And so um, when you think about it from that perspective, what are some of the questions that maybe you continually ask yourself over and over again, in order to continue to think long-term about this stuff? Cause it's very easy to get short-sighted.
0: I would say I try to calibrate like, every, like almost every day on like, am I happy? You know, I, I am fortunate that part of my personality type is I like problems. Like I like the messy thing. So I'm lucky that I get to work at a company where it's a business. Like there's no such business that is perfect. So there's always something to do, something to fix, something to improve. Um, so it's it's a never ending chase. Um, so like if I like doing that thing and I get to do that thing every day, what else do I need? Um, you know, if if any tour or any company I ever work for ends up being perfect, that will be the day that I will leave. <laughs> Thankfully, this is business, and there's no such thing as a perfect company. So I think there's always going to be something for me to do, uh, somewhere. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, that's that's what I like to do. I like to build things. I like to fix things, improve things, expand things. Um, mainly, you know, commercial things, business things. Um, so yeah, any any chance that I get to do that is is a chance to be happy.
1: And so you mentioned like you know i I think you hit on something really good here, which is companies are messy, right? They're not perfect. They are a complete. I always like to describe it as uh companies are just a bunch of people who uh, gathered around and and lit their hair on fire. And started running and trying to put it out. Um, because that's not the mindset that most seekers have. All right. Most people who are transitioning careers are, you know, oh my gosh, Google is this polished piece of art that I need to somehow find my way into the museum that and and like break in. Or uh, you know, they they look at these things through all or nothing perfect glasses, right? I'm either perfect for this job or I'm never gonna get it, or I'm perfect for this thing, or I'm never gonna get it um and when we think with a little bit more of a long-term perspective i think that that messiness that understanding that there's always something to fix there's always something that's not right i think is important to keep in mind cuz we can get pretty debilitated um or even stopped in our tracks if we try to you know it's that whole thing it's like oh well I want to draw something, but I look at all these amazing artists, it, it. or I want to play guitar, I want to do whatever the thing is, you get discouraged because everyone else is so good. But kind of realizing that everyone kind of sucks to some degree is, is a healthy mindset to bring to it. What, what are some of the things that maybe you've seen throughout your career that helped foster that way of thinking?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, the, the sort of thinking that you're perfect or you're never going to get it, is, I mean, that's, that's, that's not going to work. Um, I mean, I think of, like, if I think of a job description, so as somebody on the other side, I mean, I haven't looked for a job in a long time, but as somebody who on the other side, who occasionally will be involved in sort of candidates or new hires or whatever, um, there's no such thing as like a perfect candidate. It doesn't exist. If there's a, if there's a job posting and that job has five bullets that are the five most important thing about the job if you got three three and a half you're probably like one of the best candidates that that company has seen now yes there are exceptions to that rule if you're Google or Facebook or Amazon or something like that that is way more difficult and you probably got to have four and a half of the five um, However, uh, you could probably take one uh, job step backwards to something you know a t- job title that's a little less than your past thing, and you'll check all five of those boxes and by the way, those companies will outpay for that anyways so like you know there's always there's always a, a way um, if there's a will I think that's real like if there's a will there's a way. Um, is is a real thing that I think more people um, should really like embrace that sort of concept.
1: And where are you seeing that most? Are are you on the hiring side, looking at candidates and noticing that in in people that you're seeing?
0: I am not actively sort of like looking at, at candidates myself. I mean, Infitor has hired a lot of people uh, in a pretty short period of time. I've been around for a lot of it, um, and the best hires we made like that have been there and have done the thing that we've needed them to do and done it consistently for a long time weren't perfect hires and by the way some of the people that we did hire that didn't work out were also not perfect hires it's you know what what you forget as a job seeker um, is you you forget that it's a human decision on the other side people make mistakes on the other side So like this whole, like, I have to be perfect, this perfect candidate for that imperfect person to hire me is not, it's not real. Um, Well, and a
1: lot of this comes down to fear, right? Because that's, that's the other thing on the hiring side is no one wants to be the person that hires the person that quits after a month or, or like that hires the person that performs poorly. And so you end up getting these like death by committee hiring processes where it goes on for seven to 10 interviews and you need a whole committee of people to agree or have a majority and things like that. Um, But again, it is that same thing. It's this fear that is getting in the way of us being able to um, show up well at the interview or be able to interview well because most people aren't trained on how to interview. Um, And then you kind of, everyone is so worried about what's going to happen down the line that they're making bad short-term decisions that are going to affect those long-term decisions as well. Um, and I think the same thing goes with, you know, our finances with the way that we invest our time and our money and things like that too. Right. Someone looks at the stock market and like me and I just go, Whoa, that's, that's crazy. I'm just going to invest in myself. Cause I, I don't know. I don't know how to play that game yet. Um, but there's, there's this like, but that, that sometimes that long-term gets overwhelms the short term thinking so what are some of the things that maybe a a job seeker someone could start doing on a smaller level to to make better daily decisions along the way if they're maybe going through the job search right now.
0: Email five people every day that you want to be like.
1: I mean that's, that's a solid advice I so I I don't want to add to it but I want to go deeper on it. When have you, I mean, you're in sales, right? So you have a perspective that I think a lot of people get envious of because they're like, well, I'm not a salesperson. Right. And this is where the excuse creep comes in. And I know this is what maybe gets you fired up a little bit. So I'm curious what your thoughts are.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think um, the fastest road to success is a straight line. Uh, The less thinking, the less overanalyzing, the less uh, worry about what the other person is going to think, the more likely you are to get the outcome that you're looking for. So, like, I say, email five people you want to be like every day, because in my mind, that takes less than 10 minutes a day.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: If you don't do that all the time, you're like, I don't have those six hours a day to find those five people write a message rewrite the message six times uh find their email address like it's 10 read minutes. read their
1: entire autobiography if, online
0: <laughs> it's 10 minutes to do that if you're not like analysis paralysis on it 10 minutes um and if you don't have 10 minutes you're lying to yourself um it's just that simple.
1: Yeah, and and that is a piece of advice, you know, like I I can't even speak to how many times I tell people to network every single day. <laughs> and I know where they're yeah, coming from because yeah. I used to have horrible anxiety and like I used to have I had my one buddy back in the day. He actually had to hit send on an email for me. That's how nervous I was to to email people and and network and so uh, but once you get past it, once you, and I do think what you said there, turn off your brain, like literally turn off the thinking mechanism that is saying, but, 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 and like, if you can turn yeah. that off, you can really find uh, a lot more fluidity in the process, I guess.
0: Yeah. I mean, and I think the the reality is that, um, you know, for whatever your career ambition is, your life ambition is. If you really just like send emails to five people a day that were roughly that thing, um, you would be uh, astonished uh, by how kind people are, how open they are to helping somebody, um, and uh, how uh, quickly your life could like dramatically change and improve. The reason I think it works is that nobody or almost nobody does it. So the person on the other side doesn't get that many of those emails. So your email doesn't have to be a novel. It doesn't have to be like the best thing that person's ever read. It doesn't have to like, it doesn't have to really be anything other than just saying, I would like your help. Uh, I admire what you're doing for this reason or that reason, whatever, just very basic, very simple thing. Make it easy for the other person to say yes. Um, and you're off to the races.
1: Yeah. And so how have you been using that in your life? What are maybe some of the situations that you've gotten, you know, drastically different results than maybe you expected to, because you started doing some of these smaller actions? Um,
0: I mean, that, that's a, that's a hard thing for me because I would say it's hard for me to answer that question because, um, as I really think back, I've been doing a hundred things, I think, um, that I started doing, you know, when I was like 20 years old, um, that I've kept doing. And, you know, when people like find out that it's something that I do, you're like, wait, you do that? I'm like, yeah, every day since I was 20 years old
1: or whatever. Like what what um, happened around that time in your life that you know made you sit down and assess your behaviors? Um, I sort of decided that
0: um I wanted to be somebody, I guess would be the best way to say that. I don't know, it sounds kind of weird to say that out loud. Uh, but I sort of like had I just kind of made a decision that I didn't want to sort of float through life. Um, which was something I was recognizing a lot of other people, both my own age and then people much older than me were sort of like, they weren't in control of their own life. They weren't happy with their life. Um, they were kind of just like floating in the wind a little bit. Um, and I just wanted to, to take control and, and, you know, try to try to guide my own outcome the best I could. Um so I started, you know, looking for kind of any opportunity to do that. Um, and I didn't have to look very long before I started finding things. And, and it's kind of continued, you know, for close to 15 years now. Um, you know, so that's just kind of very normal day-to-day behavior for me. Is just kind of like looking and seeing opportunities and like, oh, I could do that. Well, I could do that. Like, and not like obviously for me, it's not, oh, here's a job that I could do because I don't want a new job. Uh, like, here's a job that I could do. It's more like, oh, these are cool things that are happening in the industry or in my personal life or whatever, you know, an opportunity to invest in something or like, it's just constant sort of feed of information um, that allows me to, to sort of, you um, know what's going on and feel like i'm in i'm in control of my own life
1: well and again it's it's playing that long game too um and and seeing how you know i'm maybe at this point in the process right because i feel like there's there's so many things when it comes to our job when it comes to finances when it comes to building our brand right and these are all things that you and i have talked about in the past but um each one you know if we're going to start building our brand well it has to start at nothing, right? It has to start where it is, at, which is our personal reputation and then build from there. If we're going to build our finances, it has to start from whatever we have in the bank or, or whatever debt we okay. need to pay off or whatever and then build from there. And so often we're just sitting there on social media or something. We see everyone, it's like everyone seems to be an overnight success. Everyone is, you know, zero to six figures and they can make you zero to six figures tomorrow too because we live in this like, incredible marketing funnel, like our whole life is a marketing funnel. And that's one of the things that, you know, you mentioned, I looked at the people older than me, and they were just coasting, they weren't even making their own decisions. And they weren't happy. I think that's the key thing. It's like, so often, I think people are like, well, you know, I don't really go deep on things, I just kind of, you know, I I just kind of go through life. And there's two ways to go through life. One is on autopilot, And one is mindfully and you can be however you want to do it. But if you're not making the decisions, someone else is making those decisions for you. There are too many other people who have a financial stake in you to give them money (laughs) that if you're not actively working against that or in tandem with it, or in collaboration with it, it gets taken. Like, I mean, I even just think about social media. I maybe post one thing on my personal Instagram every six months but i'm still on instagram which means i'm part of the wheel which means i'm part of the system so i need to know what i'm part of in order to either be active or inactive or you know not get sucked down a a hole where i just end up you know that takes up what i think the average is three to four hours of people's day is spent on instagram now on average it's just crazy town but what what sort of thing go ahead
0: Sorry, I I mean, I think, um, yes, there's something to be said for just like um, uh, scrolling your life away. I use that stuff probably just as much as everybody else, Um, but I'm using it for the outcomes that I want. There's the option of, oh, you could like look at, I don't know, like the, the weird guy who's got like a million followers and is taking pictures of like, like uh, his Bugatti and the stack of cash, I guess. The Uh, rented
1: jets.
0: (laughs) uh, Yeah, or you could like use it as a way to connect with the people that are in the thing that you're interested in, whatever that thing is. it's Instagram is there for both things and you can use it for either thing. So ultimately it's your choice of what you want to spend your time on because i mean like what do they say beyonce still only has 24 hours in the day as well Mm -hmm. like it's just choices right like um so uh I, i i spend two hours a day probably on social social media that's for me that's instagram that's twitter that's linkedin um and a little bit of facebook um but uh, and I'm looking at Clubhouse. You mentioned Clubhouse. Yeah, um, we, tr- we
1: tried that the other day. It, but like, interesting.
0: <laughs> but I would say, like, um, so there's lots of people that spend two hours a day on those things and are just wasting the time.
1: Yeah, the joke now, is the the joke is, are you even working? <laughs> like, how are these people spending ten like, hours on Clubhouse every day? It's like, it's like
0: it's one of those things where, like, if you want to spend two hours a day on those things because that's your way of escapism or relaxing or whatever, that's up to you. Um, That's fine. Uh, But if you are gonna do that and then you're also going to like complain that you're not in a job that you're happy about, you know, I I struggle to have sympathy for you then um, because you made the choice to spend those two hours you could have spent the two hours trying to find another job or trying to find a side passion or 15 other things you could have done. Um, you know, so it's all just choices to me. Yeah. And whether it's, it's social media or working out or eating well or sleeping enough or 10,000 other things, um,
1: it's just choices. And that's that piece on investing. Right. And I think so many people don't look at, behave at their behaviors as investments right um we think of investments as financial or none at all right and mm-hmm. oh i'm putting into my 401k that's all that i'm investing but every day we are investing in things we're investing in what ideas we put on our heads like how many how many hours do people spend watching the news or you know especially when the news cycle was as crazy as it has been the past couple of years Um, you know what exactly are we investing in and so if you were to maybe break it down what are the main areas that you think about investing your time and energy and and you know brain power every day
0: that's a good question um i would say uh what i try to do is i try to do about 12 hours i would say a day on like my job slash career thing so that's marketing advertising ad tech martech data media like sales like all that stuff 12 hours a day five days a week um beyond that um try to sleep uh eight hours a night um I try to spend, you know, four or five hours a week getting some exercise. Um, try to spend a couple hours a day with my wife, um, like not doing anything other than just like hanging out. Um, and then, typically, then beyond that, like the leftover time is all um, like investing. And sort of outside business interest stuff. So I'm listening to some podcast, or I'm, you know, reading something from some smart investor, or I'm uh, looking at my own portfolio and managing it and trying to understand what's happening, or, um, you know, talking to my you know business partners about you know some investments that I have, or a million other things. Uh, but those those four or five core things is basically all I do. Um, I don't I don't do anything else. So if you notice, there wasn't two hours of social media. So we were talking about oh, like people spend all this time like, you know because to me, that just is bleeding into several of these areas. That is not its own area. I'm not just like, going to the couch and looking at my phone for 4 hours as like a way to escape. It's just not something I do. Doesn't mean it's wrong, just not something I do. Um, so yeah, I would say that's that's kind of how I slice up my my day, my week. Um you know, it's still only 24 hours in the day, 7 days a week. Um so I obviously I dedicate more time on on the weekend to outside interests dedicate more time during the week t- towards my work and my career and my job. Um, but yeah.
1: And when it comes to like, if you think back, you know, to some of maybe the jobs you had prior to getting into the area that you're in now and, and that you're happy in, right? What what do you sort of see as a difference in how you spent your days back then versus how you spend them now?
0: That's a good question. I would say probably the, the primary difference is really just that I'm I'm a little further along in my career, so I spend the time on a different set of things and probably a slightly more strategic set of things than I did when I was earlier in my career, where was, it was a more tactical functions. Um, so I like earlier I had to like, you know, I had to know how much money somebody was spending on marketing, you know, like the number uh, now I don't have to do that. Um, cause I need to know, like what the CMO, like what their opinion is on a thing. Right. Um, so it's, it's slightly more strategic, but generally like would not say I'm working more or less than I have in the past. Um, I would just say that the, the time I spend now tends to be slightly more strategic. Um, and slightly more big picture, um, which is fun to be in that position. But really, I think I've only been able to get to that position because I've done so much of the tactical thing that, in a lot of ways, the tactical stuff is more muscle memory at this point. Like I can always be better at it, can always improve it. Um, it's imperfect, like all this other stuff we're talking about. Um, so it could always be better but I need to dedicate less time to that because it is more um, ingrained in me and more muscle memory I mean, at this point.
1: And do you feel like, you know, with everything going on in the world right now, um, do you feel like it's gotten easier or more difficult to build your network and, and you know, stay in touch with people and, and move towards these bigger goals that you have?
0: I think it depends on what your uh, what your ambition is. I mean, like, I have 700 Twitter followers. I think a lot of people are trying to get 7,000 or 700,000 or 7 million. Like, I don't need 7 million Twitter followers. Um, I am interested in engaging with a certain group of people, a niche audience in that place. So I don't, um, you know, so the network that I've been focused on building um, is pretty strong. Um, doesn't mean it's big. Uh, it means it's strong. Like I, I've always sort of been more focused on on uh, I guess depth rather than width. Um, however, like everybody's ambitions are different, and the, and the outcome that are trying to focus on is all different for everybody. So some people you need seven million followers to do the thing you want to do. Uh, I don't. Um, so my network uh, has always been a focus and and definitely more recently has been a focus on, I don't need everybody to know who I am or like think I'm smart or whatever. Um, I, I would hope that a very small group of people um, notice me and those people over time think he's number one, a good guy and number two, occasionally smart
1: and capable when it comes to you and i've had a lot of conversations about personal branding and building your brand and i put up a post today saying um you know are you trying to build a personal brand or a professional brand and you know a lot of times we get confused between the two and you know obviously you're going to be yourself no matter what situation you're in unless you're truly trying to fake it which don't recommend people do um but there's, there's this sort of weird line where people are trying to bol- do both, they're trying to have a, a small niche, they're trying to be, they're trying to get like 7 million followers and be themselves, right. And in my mind, I'm like, you know, if you're going to build a professional brand, like something you want to be palatable to a lot of people, you're going to go from Jimmy Kimmel man show to Jimmy Kimmel today right you're gonna you're gonna sand off the rough edges and and become a little bit more generic and less funny supposedly uh this is an argument that some comedians making but uh basically like you know there's different types of things and and i put a post i was like you know if you want to be a weirdo doing your weirdo thing you're gonna have a smaller niche but it might be a stronger smaller niche versus, you know, someone who's going for the the big thing. And, and I think where people get confused is they try to do both. They want to, you know, and, and this goes to how do you spend your time? How do you spend your money? Where are you investing things? You can't be living lavishly today and prepping for the future at the same exact time. If, you know, there has to be either a balance or, or a plan around that. You can't be, you know, trying to be famous and, Um, you know, really fostering a a unique small community in your area or in your, in your profession. Um, And I think that that's where people get very um, almost like split, like schizophrenic in the way that they approach all these different goals is because there's just so much noise getting thrown at them of like, you should do this, you should do that. And you should do this. And, uh, you know, I, I actually appreciate throughout this episode, you've been very careful to just be like, well, that's what I'm doing but obviously everyone else yeah. has their own way of doing it. Um, have you had any moments in your progression where you've felt a little bit like you should be doing something else and you've almost taken that step or, or gone down that path?
0: I think uh, when your career path is so focused on performance, um, the biggest temptation you have uh, is... Be dishonest. So, not really like, no, I've never had the thing of like some person telling me that I need to build a different or bigger or whatever audience because nobody that I've ever worked for even cared that I had any audience, 700 people or not. Um, right. So, because most of the people that I work for are like, hey, hit a sales number. So, Um, many of the people that I've worked for are incredibly like have high integrity and would never lie but not all of them uh and so the biggest temptation for me thankfully it was really only at the beginning of my career um most of the most of the outside uh push that I got to be different was to lie to to fabricate the truth, to stretch things, to just tell this one why I lie, to hit that one number, that one time, like thing and all of that. Um, thankfully now and for a long time, I haven't really had to worry about that because I think I've earned it. And, and that, you know, uh, I've gotten lucky that I've worked with good people and worked for good people. Um, but at the beginning, you know, as like a 23 year old, When like it's listen to the guy who's been doing this for 30 years who says just lie to make the sale. The choice to not do that and maybe not like eat is a hard choice. I'm very uh fortunate that I was able to make that choice and not lie, uh, which I think is like sort of the to your to your long-term thinking point, like. To me, I think what I try to to be every day is just like the brand is just me, which is I'm pretty aggressive, I'm pretty persistent, I'm pretty intense, but I'm also like never going to lie to you, not never for any reason about anything ever. Um, And doing that one day doesn't mean anything. Doing it for like a year kind of means something. Doing it for 15 years starts to really mean something. When I was talking about being 16 and thinking about the next 85 years, like if I get to 100 and I keep that up, that will really mean something. So just do your thing, be unique in your way. Um, Like there are a lot of people that are like, dude, this guy is so aggressive, but they never say he lied to me. And that means something to me because that's actually something I really care about. I'm fine. Be aggressive and persistent and intense and whatever. Part of, part of what I do. Um, but no one's ever said, yeah, he, he lied.
1: Um, yeah, I, I can attest to that. I always enjoy asking you uh, for brutal truths because you're always willing to give them. Um, yeah. and so, but that is the thinking, right. And that's, you know, I think about that all the time where, um, I look at the content other, you know, career coaches are putting out, and I could easily just basically copy paste that same hyper positive, uh, in my mind, toxic positive message over and over and over again. But um, what I'm finding in the conversations I'm having with people is that they actually enjoy the cynical parts. Of one of my brain, where I'm like, actually, no, that doesn't sound helpful at all. And they're like, no, it's not. I end up getting incredibly stressed out when someone tells me that I just need to be happier, or like think like more positively and like manifest something. You know, I saw I was at a uh, Kohl's the other day returning something, and um, <laughs> there's this notebook, and it said, "Less planning, more manifesting." And I got so angry <laughs> at this notebook. <laughs> it's like, no, more planning, more planning, more persistent content create or more persistent, uh, you know, just consistency with what you're doing. And, and that I think also makes things easier because you don't have to pretend every single day when you're doing stuff, right? Like if you have to get up and convince yourself that this is the activity that you want to do every morning and that this is what you're going to spend 12 hours a day on you're not gonna be that's where burnout happens. That's where all these things come in. It's you know, when you laid out what your day was, it made me just think, you know, there's not there's not like necessarily that escapism because you've sort of built it in a way that it doesn't need as much escape, right? You do have downtime, but it's not running away from your job where so many people and, and again that's also a toxic for, I was about to say, like, so many people are just so excited to get to the weekend to stop working. But then that goes toxic, because everyone's like, if you're the kind of person that is going to take the weekend off, then you suck too. And it's like, whoa, whoa, some people just need a weekend. But um, yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Like, that sort of, I don't know, maybe the overwhelming. And this is something where, you know, when it comes to The pandemic, even like there's so many people that are like, here's how you stay healthy in the pandemic. Here's how you like come out of this pandemic with six pack abs or whatever the heck they're telling people that they need to do. Um, what are your sort of views around that? Because there is sort of I I don't know, someone was saying on on the on a post the other day how when they moved to America, they came from Russia, I think. Like when I moved to America, I was dumbfounded by the fact that I always had to be happy. I always had to like pretend to be happy at work, even if I was having a bad day and we never had to do that before. Um, but maybe that's an American thing. I don't know what your thoughts are on it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think um, all the somebody else telling you what to do, like I try to, I try to say that like those people have good intentions, um, but ultimately like it's up to you you like whatever you want is what you need to go and make getting you know tips and tricks and like whatever from somebody who's done it can be helpful uh and can like move you in the right direction but ultimately like that person's not writing the five emails for you to send to five people that you want to be like like that person's not like Spending the days and weeks and months and years to try to get good ish at a craft I'm just not it's you. So it's all the same thing of like um it's just basic choices because here's the thing because cool i'm I'm the guest. I lost fifty pounds in the last twelve months. Damn. From, from the time I was 33 until the time I was 34, 50 pounds. You know what I did? Diet and exercise. You know how many times somebody told me, you want to lose weight, it's diet and exercise. From zero to 33, like 10 million freaking times. <laughs> so like, they, like they, they could tell you whatever you want, but ultimately it's up to you to do the thing. Like, so, like, we all have our versions of that, Uh, like, and we all have stuff that we know what the right answer is, we just aren't doing it for whatever reason, so you just gotta, like, decide. It's just that it's, it's, uh, for me, diet and exercise, annoyingly simple, like, annoyingly simple. I probably was... 30 pounds overweight, my entire life, 40 pounds overweight, my entire life, and literally diet and exercise. That's all it is. It's really hard to do that Mm and lose all that weight, but the, the inputs and outputs are very simple. So you want a job, you want to marry that girl, you want to do 15, whatever thing, whatever the thing is, it's, Probably really simple if you just make the choice.
1: I'm really happy you said that because I think that that at the end of the day, you know, this goes back to the coaching thing. I go online, and it's like, here's the resume template. No, here's the resume template. No, here's the good resume template. It's like, just make a Word doc. Like, just make a Word doc and put your information in it. And and I I feel like that is that is maybe the biggest challenge of the overconsumption that we're in right now, because of the pandemic where you open up, you know, the computer, you know, I'm like, I, I got pressured nonstop in 2017 to buy Bitcoin, just nonstop by every single person I knew who was at all related to tech. And I didn't have any money. So I was like, go away. <laughs> I don't have any money to put into Bitcoin, but um, you know, And then you, every day you open the computer and like, it's up, it's down, it's up, it's down. And you, people can just drive themselves nuts for their entire life doing that versus diet and exercise every day. And just the boring, basic little things. So I really appreciate you laying it out like that. Cause again, I do think like, you know, as we talk about stuff on this, on this podcast, the goal of it isn't to like give people a roadmap at all. The goal is to show that it's the same for everyone. Like, I don't care what level of success you're at. I don't care. You know, I always like to think like, all right, you look at a celebrity, you think their life is perfect. Actively go find the things that are crappy in that person's life. Like go prove to yourself that this is not something that you should abandon what you're doing to go chase. Like, just look at what Johnny Depp's going through right now won't go into it, but it's not fun for him. And like that awareness of like everyone else in the world is running around with their hair on fire too. So just focus on you. And, and I think that that's, that's the clarity.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, um, on the, on the Bitcoin and on the investing thing, like, um, I don't trade. I think people trade. Uh, I hope they don't lose their shirt. Uh, they probably will. Um, but essentially, like my view on like portfolio and managing your portfolio is: I just make one decision. I do. I do research. I look into something, and I just pick a thing, and then I just stick with that thing for like a like longer than ever like just like stick with the thing uh why because the market goes up in in long-term view like the market's going to be higher in 25 years than it is right now nobody nobody is saying that it isn't so like could everybody be wrong i guess But if you look back 25 years or 50 years or 75 years, in in a long horizon, it goes up.
1: Also, if everyone is wrong, it doesn't matter if you were doing the day trading.
0: (laughs) Correct, correct. So if you just try to make the best decision on the best thing, the best whatever you're going to buy, and then you just stick with it and you don't get scared by ups and downs and you don't pay attention to it you don't look at it every day you don't do that kind of stuff it's going to go up like it you can kind of guarantee it you pick the conservative things you pick the things that are diversified it'll go up you'll be fine um and i kind of feel like that's the same idea as everything else is the less the less short-term get rich quick things you're doing um the happier you're going to be more calm you're going to be uh, and, and the better position you are in for the future, for, for everything. Um, your job, your life, your financial position, everything.
1: I love it. We'll leave it at that. Corey, uh, where can folks find more about you and what do you have going on in the world?
0: Uh, feel free to, to reach out to me if you have any questions. It's CoreyDavis at Infuture.com. Um, also for, um, for anybody that's, that's interested in a role in is hiring uh, a bunch of roles. So management level, individual contributor, entry level, um, all on our, uh, on our LinkedIn page, a bunch of job postings there, but, but send me an email directly if there's anything in there that you're interested in. Um, otherwise find me on Twitter.
1: And start emailing five people a day or, you know, whatever you're going to do. We're not going to tell you how to live your life. (laughs) Uh, Corey, (laughs) thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for stopping by this episode of the Career Therapy Podcast. It's been a pleasure having you. And if you're curious about what we do here at Career Therapy, head on over to www.careertherapy.com. To see all of our coaching options, resources, and links to other things we got going on. If you would like to share your story on this podcast, something that you've gone through, a transition you've experienced in your career, whether it's getting a job after college or going through a layoff or getting back into the workforce after raising your family, we would love to hear from you. Head over to LinkedIn.com slash in slash Martin McGovern and shoot me a DM. Let me know what's going on, and i really like to share your story with the world. What we're trying to do here is really normalize the emotional side of the job search, because we all go through it. We all have tough times in our careers, and sharing these stories really helps people feel less alone and feel more empowered to take their career back into their own hands and make something So thank you again for stopping by. If you'd like to leave a like or a comment, subscribe or share, or leave us a review on iTunes, and I think maybe even Spotify, we'd really appreciate it. Best of luck to you in all of your career endeavors, and I'll see you on the next episode. Cheers.